and now it's time for another wonderful episode of Moments with Mika, and I am your host, Mika, and today we have a very special interview that we want to share with you. Now, I took the opportunity to do this interview this week because it seems like I'm seeing a lot of reports of women that's being left for dead or killed by ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, ex-lovers, so I think that it's very important to share a story of domestic violence and also a story of being a survivor. The story that you're going to hear is called the story of Belinda. Um, Belinda is actually my cousin and I didn't even know about her story so this was my first time actually hearing it when I um, interviewed her and I think that it'll you'll take a lot away from this story that she's going to share with us. Um, once again Belinda I do thank you for taking the time to interview with me and just having the courage to let everyone hear your story because you know some people aren't as strong as that and that's where we're trying to get people to be strong to share your story so i want to let you guys know how i actually came up with this topic this week um i decided to talk about domestic violence this week because i seen this video on facebook and the video was about a young lady named katie katie had broke up with her boyfriend david and Um, One night she called the police and she filed a report, you know, saying that he kept on stalking her, calling her, popping up at places, coming over her house unannounced. And during the video, you can see the police cam. It's all through the police cam. The police asked her, what do you want me to do? And her response was, well, I want you guys to take him back to prison or he's going to come here and kill me. Now, her best friend had vouched for her and said, yeah, he's been calling all day. He won't stop calling her. He won't say he's going to come there and kill them. They think that he's playing with her or something. And the police took the information. He was like, okay. But he didn't file the report. When the police woke up the next day, the same address he had to report to. And you want to know why? Because that ex-boyfriend did come back and shoot the house up and kill Katie. The best friend was able to get out the house safe. But she was very upset about it because they called the police. They didn't make sure that they were actually safe. And maybe to a police officer, they're like, you know, we get calls like this all the time. And maybe maybe it won't escalate. But a lot of us, you know, a lot of people aren't lucky to get out of situations like this. So what I want you to do is sit back, enjoy this interview. And also to let you know the interview may be a little bit distorted because we did do the interview over the phone. She's in Georgia, so I'm just trying to listen a little hard. I do apologize about it, but it's an awesome interview, so it's worth it. So sit back and listen. And he lied about his age. Like this, he was like, I was 18, he was 29. I thought he was about younger. Hmm. He lied about a lot, and he had just got out of prison. But I didn't know um, at that point, at, at that time, um, he was just like a nice little dude, you know, very educated Obviously, I did. 
So um, I didn't move in with him, though, like, immediately. I didn't move in with him until after um, after we had the baby. And it was literally maybe a couple weeks after we had her. But I didn't know much. Like, I mean, I know, a lot, I know enough about him. I wouldn't say a lot because obviously I didn't. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the, the whole aggressive and violent all of that, I didn't know any of that because he didn't display me though. I don't know my friends or anything like that. And the things like my mom, when she met him though, my mom did say, and I don't know why she said it now, but at that point, I didn't know. She said, she was like, oh, I don't like him. She mm. was like, he's sneaky. And it's something about him. Like, I don't trust him. I don't like him. So my mom, she never, ever, ever liked him. And at that time, I mean, you know, like when you meet somebody and you think, you ain't really, you ain't really, you know, you're young. I, I wasn't really thinking of why, mm-hmm. you know. I wasn't thinking of why, but um, she never, she like, she had it on from the And um, so she went on or whatever, had my daughter. And after I had her, I think she was like a couple of months. She had left and went somewhere came back and then he said that I had cheated on him. Well I was like, huh? But I've never like she wanna do and even like I mean the relationship is over so I don't have to speak about it. Hmm. <laughs> Before my TV fall please. But anyhow, um I never you know never did but that's what he had to do and he had to do me and uh Like a 38 or something like that. He would put one bullet in there and spin it around and he'll ask me a question. 
if I didn't ask, like, if she felt I was lying about the question, he'll pull the trigger. But I had to, like, he did a lot of, like, scripture type of things. Um, I, like, I'd have been locked in my house. I mean, he had friends, females in the house on me, and if I said anything, you know, that would cause me to get me. I mean, you can like right now gratification you know like things that may help you right at this current state but you know it's not right inside you that's what I mean and so like everyone do has that thing where they think it's right and wrong people other people might think the wrong is right but you know inside your head consciously you know if you got to take, like make the wrong decision but it's gonna help you right now so what I'm asking is like if a person know that they're doing the right thing right now but it's not working for them and they see a detour, they see something that they could possibly go make some quick money. How do you stay focused on the road that you're on to ensure that you don't take that easy way? And see, that that is an evolving situation mm-hmm. because that depends on so many factors. Where right. you're at on the road that you're on. Right, but you don't uh, know. What's around the corner. Like, all of these are the unknown factors. Right. And to make that decision... It's like some things that's essential to your life right now, mm-hmm. you may be lacking. And to get onto those wrong paths and all of that, it's usually something that's a necessity for right now mm-hmm. that leads you that way. Yeah, but it's be- never it's never supposed to be like a true, true option for you to take that wrong side. So it's always something that you can keep going forward. Like even if like there's things that I need, but I know that I can go without because I'm trying to do the, you know, do it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't think that there's a situation where you gotta go no. to the wrong, there, you know, take a the wrong. There's situation where you I don't gotta think go. that I don't. I mean, I think that every situation, situation has a. Where when you're looking at your family right. starving, right, and maybe you have one family or one parent that's gone. Mm-hmm. One parent that's on drugs. Right. You got siblings, mm-hmm. and they need to eat. Mm-hmm. You not old enough to get a job. Mm-hmm. You don't know nothing about working. You don't know nothing about nothing else. But you know this dope man right down the street, and he gonna put you on to something. Now I got something for that to come back that. So the dope man is up the street, right? Mm-hmm. Families, your parents. You know, one passed away. One is working. One may be sick, but. Do you believe that, um, whether you're religious or whether you're not, do you believe that if you pray or if you keep the right energy, that blessings or things will come to you without doing the bad things? Or do you think in a situation like that, that they have to take matters into their own hand and go deal with the dope man to make some quick money and put themselves in a lifestyle that they're probably not going to be able to get out of for a while? And then put themselves in more danger. You got to look at your past uh, to try to make that decision. Because most people make that decision based off of your current situation Mm -hmm. and your past. Mm -hmm. What you've been through so far, if ain't no blessings felt like they done trickled down towards you, only blessing you got was waking up this morning and, hey, your stomach been growling for the last five days. Mm -hmm. Waiting around for anything else ain't no longer an option. You got to get up and get it. I see. I, I don't... I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I've never been in a real like predicament like that. But to me, and maybe it's because of how I was raised, you know, mm-hmm. my past. 
But I feel like when I really, really need something, I'm going to just keep it in my mind. I'm going to keep on telling myself that I need this. I need to draw it to me. And I think that everything is, maybe it's because I'm like a person that I believe like spiritually. And I, I believe in myself, like not as God, but I believe that if I speak something and I say I want something, it's going to happen. Regardless of if I, some days I feel like it's not going to happen or not, it's going to happen. Like I'm going to manifest it. Right. I don't think that I have to do anything else to deter it because I can stop my own blessings. I can stop things from happening to me because I'm making the wrong decisions. So I feel like in most situations, patience is the key. Yeah, your stomach was is growling. But, you know, it's other ways that we can do things, you know, instead of taking that that path. I believe so, because I think that you reap what you sow. So you go take that lifestyle, you go in there, you help your family and all this kind of stuff. But now what happens when you have kids and your kids want to take that same step? You want to get them out that lifestyle, but they seen you get that money. Now they want to get that money just like you. They want the same lifestyle and build their own empire. So I feel like you're... See, a lot of people, they one, if you get to the point where you're having kids, you're raising kids, right? That you're getting to a point where one, if you enter that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you're either looking for the flashy or you're looking for better days. Right. So, the, the difference between the people is it's gonna show. Right. So, you make some people who may have everything they need that's functional, they may have some nice stuff, but they're stacking overall. So, by the time they're raising kids, their kids don't need to see that lifestyle. And they don't have the, the preset conditions that forces them to that lifestyle. You don't have the hunger. You don't have, you're not in poverty. You're not struggling. So, you don't have a real need to look that direction. You may Unlike not have a parents, need. I'm about to say, but parent, the... when they were going through that, mm-hmm. it, it was like, this path was like my hope. That was it. When I looked everywhere else, wasn't no programs for me, wasn't nobody looking to help me with nothing, everybody telling me, hey, kid, get the hell on, it's all kind of, it was down, 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 until I took what I was looking for. And now I have acquired what I was looking for, I didn't make sure my kids don't be in the situation where they have to go out and try to acquire the same thing. But most of the time, it's not about the kids needing it after the parents have gotten it, got it. It's about, like... And it's usually not the parents' action. It's sometimes it's the family that's around or the friends. They say, oh, when your parents, you know, when they was younger, you know, we used to do this, this, and that. And it's curiosity. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, you know, I feel like spiritually, since it's it's a world around us that we don't see, that you stuff attached to you and latch on to you, you know, unconsciously. You don't know because you're young. Mm-hmm. But stuff, it's like, latches on to you. Like, sometimes people do stuff and they don't know why they did it. But it's because their parents you know did it i feel like generational like family and everything you can get curses from your family and don't even know how you know why you doing the things that you do why you think the way you do so i think that like when a parent or anyone decides to take a certain situation and try to take a shortcut not only does it affect you but i think it affects the people that's around you and the generation that comes from you so that's why i mean that's true i feel like when it comes to certain situations, like, yeah, I want the easy way. Like, I've seen lots of people pass me up, you know, taking a different side and getting money. Like, getting lots of money and traveling and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I would love to do that. But I, I want to do it the right way. So then when I have kids, I don't want them to have to worry about, you know. Is like, somebody coming to take it? 
Not even that. I just don't want them to worry about the things that come attached to it. Like, if I do something the wrong way, depending on what I'm doing, like, I, I don't know which, what would be the wrong way. But let's say I've been working on myself. I've been doing my sit-ups and stuff. So <laughs> let's say I, I decided to take, a, like, a shortcut, get some easy money, maybe do a one-night only or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's certain things that attach to you spiritually. So certain spirits that attach to you. So maybe I get out that lifestyle and I get some money, never tell anybody anything, but I have a daughter, you know, and she, for some reason, she wants to do it and don't know why. It's because the spirit has been attached to me. I hadn't had you and it, it clinged to you because you next on the list. So I feel that way because that happens a lot. Like certain things are generationally passed down. And see, and in, in some aspects, yeah, some things like that can happen. But when it comes to, like, moving drugs or something like that, it's not always generational. It, it's more so circumstantial. I don't know. It's, it's been very few drug dealers that came up like, I want to sell drugs. No, I mean, they I'm not saying it's not like that. a situation where, yeah, I need to sell drugs. Like, everything else ain't working. I work these dead-end jobs. Bosses don't care nothing about me. I got circumstances that keep coming up. I got situations every time I turn around, somebody needs something. I can't do nothing for nobody. I'm about to move this bag. And then when you open it up and you're like, $20,000 for doing that? Oh, this is what I'm doing. That's it. I'm moving this bag forever. Because your kids don't actually have those set, certain set of circumstances. Right. Then it's like, um, I'm not doing that. People die. <laughs> But they don't, they don't have it that to way. weigh the risk and the reward. Like a lot of people don't dive into the risk because certain situations you have to weigh the risk and reward for. But they don't. People and don't. And some most... people can't. Like, hey, well, I'm gonna die if I don't eat, and I'm gonna die if I do that. But I'm gonna get some food if I do that also. Starving to death is the worst way to go. It is. Don't eat for five days and you start feeling how your body's shaking and your stomach is touching your back and all that. Like, it's a serious feeling. Starving will make you do some things that you never thought you would do. Yeah. So once you're starving, all kind of things look like good ideas. I just don't see, I don't see that. And maybe it's me trying to be positive and me, you know, since I'm working on myself, I'm more sensitive to things. But I just don't see that. I'm not going to say that it's possible, but I feel like if you bring something, like if you really try to manifest something in your head and you try to get yourself to see that, like, I need some food. Mm-hmm. I need some, I need somebody to give me some food. I need somebody, I'm not about to do, I need somebody to give me some food. And you just walk around. I just don't think that it's always, it's circumstances where you have to do that. I feel like even though you don't see it, because some people, since they want to take this route, they don't look at the other routes that's there. They don't look there because this this is what I need right now. But they don't look at the other routes, and I feel like it's some situation. I said I don't think that it's always it's one situation where you gotta take this route. I don't think that that's possible. I just think that this is the this is the route that you want to take because you know that if I take this route, I'm good. But you don't want to take the other routes that may be slower, that may not be as fulfilling and fast as you want. But I think that there's other routes because you look at it like okay. If I just look for somebody to give me some food, I'll make it. But then, if you're walking around in an impoverished neighborhood with that mindset, and you look at this corner, and it's this grown bum with a sign saying, I'll do anything for food. 
and then you guys, somebody else further up the street, I do anything for food. And like all these people out here begging, you're like, well, but that's the first been thing looking wrong. for somebody to give it but to them for a while. It's the, that's the first thing Obviously, that's wrong with this that. area. They not doing that. But I'm saying I need to go get you it. You can't look at other people's situation. Okay, yeah, they got a sign right there, but that never stopped. <laughs> other people from giving what they was gonna give. Mm-hmm. I don't think that other people's situations should affect you. It could be twenty people around you that got signs that says, "I need some food. I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that." Mm-hmm. But a person can see like they could be drawn to you because you're manifesting it. It could be fifty thousand people online, but if you manifest it and it's in your head, you synced it. You it you manifested it so much that you could smell the food and it's not even there. If you want it that bad, I don't believe that nothing could stop you. Like and I and I believe and this That's why they go that direction. Because like being able to manifest things and pull things to you like that, mm-hmm. that takes a a clear state of mind. You have to clearly be focused on what you're looking for. And I don't think so. And when you're when you know this is what needs to come to you and you know this is to manifest something you have to see that thing in your mind, and it has to be very powerful. But if it's something that you really need, like if you're hungry, you ain't going to think about nothing else, but you, I need some food. You're going to think, think about, I need food, how I'm going to get food, where I'm going to get food But you're from. thinking about food, though. Somebody coming off some food. But see, <laughs> the, common, the common denominator is you're thinking, of, you're still manifesting it, whether you're thinking about the route, the how, the how, the why, the what, the who. You're still thinking about food at the end of the day. Like, no matter how you're thinking about it, mm-hmm. you're thinking about it. And my thing is, like, it's not, I, to me, I guess it's not really that that hard to focus on something that you really, really need. Like, it was at one point, I was working at T-Mobile, and I told myself, like, I really, I really want to work for Apple. I really want to work for Apple. Like, I, I kept on telling myself, like, I'm buying all these iPhones. I'm investing all this money. Like, I really, I really want to work for them. I mean, I was still working at my job at T-Mobile. But in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I want this. I want this job so bad. And I went ahead and I applied. And it's not like I was thinking about it every single, every single day, you know. But when I had a chance to slow down and sit back, I would think like, yo, I want that job. And I was able to manifested who knew out of a hundred thousand people they would choose ten thousand people and i would be one of the ones and it's only because i manifested it i said what i wanted okay i didn't have all the skills i didn't have a degree like they was looking for people with bachelors i didn't have a degree i didn't even walk across the stage to get my associates i stopped like four or five classes before i got my my associates so my thing is no matter what the circumstances you may not have the qualifications you may not have the skills, the education. You may not have that stuff. But when you really want it in your heart, like when you really want it, no matter how busy you are in your mind, like if you tell yourself, this is what I want, I want this, I think it'll come. And that's why they enter those paths. One, in certain situations, dealing with the world, dealing with the other side of the world, people are people are messed up. Yeah. People are cruel, messed up, out cold. Oh, yeah. And the younger you are when you learn this, the way you approach things is a lot different. So, yeah, you say you, you manifest it and it could come to you. They say, I did manifest it. 
And that pack came to me. This, this was my manifestation. Right. It showed up. It was my way. And I was good at it. So I made it happen. So, like, it, it's... It's definitely different ways people can handle different situations. They can. But it's all going to boil down to your past life, what you've already experienced, mm-hmm. and your current set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. If you feel like there's nobody else, it's just you. If it's just you and your fellas, if you look up and all you got is your peers as your shoulders, then we going out here and getting it. You ain't got no adults telling you what to do and what not to do. So you got to figure it out. That's true. And you ain't got time to figure it out. Broke. That's true. Being broke, it's the most disgusting thing you can be on the planet. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's being broke and being ignorant to almost everything. Now, yeah, that's, that's that's the most thing. That's, I think that's the reason why I'm trying to um, learn more, read, read more, because I don't want to be ignorant to things that I am supposed to know that other people have knowledge to, that other people have grown up and known Whereas my community, we haven't had that. So we got to teach ourselves that. Like, we got to teach ourselves stock. You know, we have to teach ourselves about the market. So that's why I'm taking so much time. But I believe that um, if a person stayed on the right path or what they consider to be the right path, I think that they can draw things to them. Like, I've been waiting for years to meet people that were, be around a group of people that were like me. Because growing up, I did not, like, I, I didn't fit in. So most people, I did not fit in at all. So I'm looking for, and it, it sometimes your peers is not really who you're supposed to be with. Yeah. So for me, I'm looking for my, and I guess the right word to say is my tribe. Um, <laughs> my, my crew, you right. know, them people that are supposed to be there that you feel comfortable with. Like, I didn't even feel comfortable with my own family. So yes, I feel like... If you stay down the right, like the right path, things like this will start building up, will start happening for you. Whereas these days you see other people's lives on internet, on Facebook, on Instagram and stuff, and everything may seem lavish, but they not, yeah, they're not going to show you. They take a picture. Yeah, they're not going to show you everything. Like, no one can sit on there and just take a picture all day, every day, and still have it. Like, they have to do, they don't show you the work it took to get to that. Right. So, a lot of people make it seem a lot easier. Now, making the wrong choice is a big, is a lot different. Yeah. Making the wrong choice back in the early 90s or something like that was really a matter of life and death. You didn't see the rest of the world or what everybody else was doing. It wasn't about, oh, well, he got this, so I need to go get this. Or this person over here in Georgia got this. There wasn't no internet like that. Nope. What it was is, I don't have this, I want to have this, I need to have this, let's get it. Alright. Now, kids who do it is, it's totally different. It's totally for a shallow reason. It's not for the necessity of life, it's for the necessity of flashing. Oh yeah, because we want to we show people, I got this, All I right. got it. And it's like, that brings me to my next thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, with this, of trying to stay down the right path. So I recently watched Travis Scott's um, documentary, I guess we can call it, right. on, on Netflix, saying it's called uh, Look Mama, I Can Fly. And in this, it showed how, you know, when he was younger, he liked the instruments, his father liked the instruments, and it showed him having a show, a concert, well, kind of like a show. It looked like at a, like a festival. And it was about 15 people 
while he was on stage. And he was still trying to do his thing, hype everyone up. But out of those 15, like a couple people was there with him, like his friends and his friends' girlfriends and stuff. So he didn't really have a fan base like that. But it shows how he just kept down. He was turned. He kept down his own path. But one thing that stood out to me, and I'm glad that he put it in there, is it showed a moment where he was nominated for two Grammys. I believe it was the best rap performance and I think the best rap song. I think the song was Sicko Mode with Drake. And he, he found out three hours early before the Grammys that he did not win the rap song award. Okay. But when he got to the Grammys, they told him, hey, go down to the tunnels. They about to announce the best rap performance. He was in the tunnels with the lights getting ready to go on stage. He was there with Kylie. He was nervous and everything. And you seen him sitting there, you know, moving his arms and stuff. And they, sang, they said the winner. And it was Carly B. You seen his head drop, and he walked away. And he was upset. He talked about how he went into depression about right. it, and a lot of people don't post those type of fails. Like that was a big thing for him, like to try to get this Grammy. But I'm glad that he posted it because it showed that we don't always win. We can't. Oh, you can't win everything. Like I have, I have not won everything. Like I know that I don't post all my failures, but I try to be transparent. Like, it was a lot of stuff. I wanted to go out of state to college. I wanted to go to an all-black college and everything like that. I tried to get scholarships. I was denied for scholarships and everything to try to afford to be able to go to college in different states. Right. And it's like, you cannot win everything. It's not possible. That's You're not going to win every single battle. And I think that that's what it is. Some people take shortcuts because they just want to win. And it's like, you cannot, you can't win all the time. At the same time, you look at that, like, he has a track record of winning. He, yeah. he sees what his hard work can bring him. Yeah. So, falling into that depression, you know, it's like, I put in all this work, I had all this success, and this is where I want to be. Right. Like, that hurts. It does. But, you know, to look at somebody who decides to go the wrong way with it... They may not have that track record of wins. Right. They may have nothing but L's in their book. And they like, you know what? I'm sick of losing. Making those decisions are I'm sick of losing decisions. But at the same time, some some people will consider their win to be a lose. Like me, since I'm just now trying to be more optimistic, I consider I used to consider myself to always lose at everything. Like literally always losing something. Always Something negative, not definitely not winning, but in other people's eyes, because they were on the outside looking in, it was like you still winning. Whether you think it's so, I think that it's. I don't yeah. think that people always always lose. They may consider themselves to be losing in a situation, but they could be winning because you could be learning something, and it gives you more more push That's for the next true. thing. Because I think it's one guy that was on there. I don't know where he's. I think he's the mayor in Houston. He might be the mayor in Houston. Not sure what state he is in or what city. But he had said, he told Travis when he had told him that he was real depressed, he said, what are you depressed for? He said, I ran for mayor three times. Three times. He said, I lost two years in a row. I, he said, I lost. Kept losing. You know how embarrassing that was? He said, but I didn't stop. I kept going back. And he said, I'm the mayor now. You feel me? Like, I didn't stop because I lost here. Yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing, but you pick it up, you shake it off, which is hard to do to lose in front of everyone. It's hard, but picking it back up and then just carrying it and then just making more strides to win for next time is what most people appreciate. Like, I appreciate, 
I had a newfound love for Travis Scott after that. I actually downloaded his CD and everything. I said, I'm going to be a fan now because it's like you show your loss and you show yourself like, you know what? I was depressed, but I'm going to shake it off. And it shows the reality. No matter where you're at, if you're famous, no matter how Absolutely. much money is in your account, no matter if you're dating the most beautiful woman in the world, you're going to lose sometimes. Right. And, and that shows the reality portion of him. Yeah. To show that, you know, what you may see is, oh, he's winning, he's winning, he's winning. But no, he lose too. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a beautiful thing. And another thing is, like, a lot of people are more critical on themselves. Right. So, everybody on the outside may see, well, you did win here. Right. You did win there. No. Because even when you say that's a win, maybe it didn't turn out how I wanted it to turn out. Right. Maybe it wasn't as good as I envisioned it. Right. In your mind, that's going to be a loss. Mm-hmm. I did something, but, yeah. It wasn't what I was looking for. Right. I lost. Right. I didn't do it to my fullest potential. You're going to always be more critical on yourself. Right. That's why depression happens within. Because it's like, you look at this situation, you put in this work, and if it doesn't meet your expectations, what did you actually do? Exactly. That's what you feel. Exactly. Now, it could have changed everybody life in the room. Everybody in the room, their life is different. Because they're like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Nah, it wasn't what I envisioned. Mm, whatever. So, I mean, it's good to see that, you know, you can be successful and lose too. Oh, yeah. And you can bounce back from that loss. Mm-hmm. And you can you can speak about real emotions in that loss. Mm-hmm. Because that will help other people be able to relate more. It do. It do. But to know that you win sometime also... It is a beneficial thing also. So, like, to be able to actually step back and look at, but I did this. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that keep you away from making those bad decisions or the wrong choices. Uh, looking back to say, hey, you know, that did work for me when I tried that. Maybe I could try that again. Right. That was all right. Instead of saying, hey, you know, today is dark. Yesterday was dark, and last week it was dark. I'm going to make me some light. You got to. I mean... I feel like I have, well, for the people that really knows me, well, I'm not going to say really knows me, but the people that have grown up around me, they know, like, I have lost in front of people, and I have taken it back, and I have criticized myself. Like, I am my worst critic, and I'm working on that, but I see now that that loss prepared me for something else, you know, that's better. Right. So it's like changing your thinking, like... Going from where you were, going from this lifestyle that I was, and then dropping down and having to build back up makes me appreciate, you know, everything else. Very true. It Very is. true. I, and I have seen that. I've experienced that firsthand. So it's like, one, it, get, it lets you know about the people around you. Right. Who's really solid, who's not. Then it also lets you know that, I mean, you can lose. Be prepared. Set your mindset. Learn from this. Mm -hmm. And as you build back up, yeah, sometimes you be a little finicky about touching anything else. You be like, oh, wait, is that a loss waiting to happen? Right. I got a column full of L's. I got a basket of L's. If somebody want to buy L's, I got them on sale. (laughs) (laughs) So I done took L's. But when I look back at it, it's like they're lessons. It's lessons that has been in every one of them to perfect what I'm doing next. Right. So I see, okay, I did this, and all of these parts of it was great. So why didn't it make it? Oh, because you didn't do this well. Right. Okay, you know to correct that. 
And then with the next idea, why didn't that work? Because you didn't do this well. So if you're able to take those losses and build off of the knowledge you gained from those losses, it's like even if you look at how much money you lost in those situations, that's college tuition. You learned something. You learned a lot. You learned a lot more than other people because you have something that you can put on a resume. Right. You have experience at it. And you have experience at it not winning. And so you know firsthand when it's going south. Right. You don't have to wait till it goes south and be like, well, I didn't see that coming. You see the signs of it's going south right now. And you can make corrections and adjustments early. That's an advantage. Because a lot of people have to wait till they're in the middle of it's over before they like, oh, it's over. If you have any live stories, anything you want to share with the show and you would like to come on live, we will be doing call-ins. And I will also like to talk to you guys. I want to do an episode about um, abusive relationships. So if you have been in one, definitely reach out to me. We can share this story with everyone and make sure that everybody is keeping themselves safe healthy, happy, and just living their best life. You that's, me? that's right. And catch Meek Scopes. Meek me on Periscope. She take callers on her Periscopes you also. Know, well, I guess we could consider it to be an L. How when we first started the show, the first couple shows, thousands of listeners. Thousands of listeners. And then you get down to like episode, probably episode 11, 10, and everything just drops. Like 10 people. Like it, it like completely, <laughs> hey, wait, completely happened? dropped. And I'm not going to tell you, my feelings was crushed. Oh, I know. I was pissed off because I was like, you know, was I got all these, mood. man, I'm like, I got all these people. I got over 100 people in my family. I don't but you know what? Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, li- I told myself, and I had to have people around me tell me, like, it doesn't matter the number. And then I started, like, over time hearing people saying, yo, I listen to your show. It really helped me. And then that made me change my outlook on, okay, whereas it was thousands of people, you know, listening to a show. The first show is at over, like, over a thousand listens, whereas you start trickling down and the numbers start getting lower. But you have people that are appreciating the knowledge that you're right. giving. And so. Did you touch somebody? Right. So my thing is, that's that's the best thing about, like, taking the right role is knowing that... would have cost me my life. Or he would have rearranged my face. So no one would ever want to be with me, want to deal with me, or anything. But my God is too strong for all of that. And I promise on everything, I had no fear. Like, I didn't care about that man. And that's why I can look at him and I can... Well, I haven't seen him in a long time, but I can speak to him. And it's like... He a peasant to me, and that and I hate to say that because that's that's my kid's sperm donor, that's their dad. But he's a peasant to me. Like I don't look at you as he he. I I, I don't even know. I think like when he was doing what he did to me, mm-hmm. and because he was so, he was um a lot more intelligent than I'm Rick. Beast. 